0: All right, we're set for another episode, an exciting episode of the Georgia Podcast. Rich Casanova alongside. Uh, who, who's this dude behind the, uh, the microphone right there? You are? Artie Ruderman. All right. Uh, we also call Ardio as uh, his nickname, but uh, Artie, we've got a great uh, show lineup here for today. Uh, who do we have standing by here in the studio?
1: We have Ka- Callie Dunn and
0: right. Jay Weiser. And uh, Jay's going to be talking about uh, what?
1: Jay is going to be talking <laughs> about... Being prepared for having sustainability and for most companies is a challenge, and Jay is a specialist in
0: preparing them. Yeah, and you've known Jay for a bit at the Kettering Organization. We're going to hear his, um, his segment here in just a minute, but and then again, uh, Callie Dunn joining us from the American Fund, uh, Fundraising Foundation. Interesting spin on it, so they don't actually raise money. They help nonprofits raise money, yeah. So stay tuned for that. We're going to get ready now for this episode of the Georgia Podcast.
2: Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit GlobalPodcastStudios.com and by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at SerendipityLabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks.
0: All right, all right. As we mentioned in our teaser, we've got a packed studio here today with some uh, subject matter experts. Um, And I already want to introduce um, a teaser for our first guest. And uh, welcome, Jay, to the studio.
1: I will be happy to do that. Uh, uh, Jay Weisner enables organizations and their leaders to increase their odds of success by helping them improve cross-functional and vertical collaboration and communications. Um, he's impressive resume, I might add. He yeah. uh, makes worked, me
0: look like a slacker. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, no, worked uh, directly. You didn't have to answer that that quickly. You could have paused for ah! yeah.
1: <laughs> But I want to get back to Jay for a moment because uh, it, it's very rare that I have somebody from the Wharton School, and I want to know: Did you know the Donald?
3: Uh, you know, it's actually funny. I heard him speak my senior year, and. Uh, Let's just say being apolitical, he has not changed.
0: <laughs> All right, that's a pretty safe answer. Whatever. Yeah. All right, uh, well, I didn't did know that about Jay, but you know Jay from the Kettering Organization, right? I do. All right. So uh, I've also
1: heard Jay give presentations on his subject matter as well. And that's
0: why I'm glad he's here in the studio. What we're talking about, Jay. Why don't we have Jay talk about yourself? So uh, give us a 17 seconds or less, a little bit of teaser before we start our first segment. We're going to hear in in depth in just just a minute. So what's your secret sauce or what do you uh, help? How are you helping people?
3: So helping people, companies are facing disruptions and change. There's new technology, the new ways of working, and companies have to adapt to that. And a lot of them are not ready, prepared, and able to do that. So I help them uh, make those changes so they can not only be successful, but they can stay successful.
0: Uh, I like that last piece because that's, that's the secret sauce, right? That's the challenge. And so how do folks uh, find you online, connect with you?
3: Sure. Uh, my website is www.wiserstrategy.com, and that's wiser, like as in Budweiser,
0: but without the bud. <laughs> now strategy, I'm going to remember that, yeah. <laughs> strategy.com. And making you wiser, yeah. You've got all kinds of puns you can uh, play with that. Speaking of puns, we got Dunn in the studio, yeah. <laughs> so Callie Dunn is joining us in our first segment. As we mentioned, uh, you're the Director of Strategic uh, Initiatives for the American Fundraising Foundation. Yes. Uh, so this is an interesting spin, as we mentioned in the opening. Uh, so you're actually serving other nonprofit organizations, uh, and you've distributed an astounding $33 million uh, for worthy causes.
4: Actually, I think we're upwards of that. I think we're closer to 35 million now. But okay, I'm yes, going to update
0: my screen right here. Yeah, yeah. Wh- What's a million or two,
4: Callie? <laughs> exactly, right? All in the name of philanthropy.
0: <laughs> and this organization is now celebrating their 20th anniversary?
4: Yes, we're very excited. So the American Fundraising Foundation was founded back in 1999. So this is our 20th anniversary being a nonprofit, a 501c3 in the nonprofit sector. And really with this anniversary, we are just trying to broaden the reach of the nonprofits we serve because we realize, you know, we are headquartered in Florida. It's such a disadvantage for us because how are we supposed to know who's doing the good work elsewhere? Yeah. So really, that's why I'm trying as my role with strategic initiatives to get out into the community and really get in contact with those change makers who are doing the good work and who could use the extra funding and support.
0: And you are seriously uh, banking up some miles. We just heard before we went on the air, just the recent cities you went to. Um, So you've been involved how long now?
4: I've been with this nonprofit for a year and a half.
0: And during that course, uh, how many miles have you calculated oh my goodness. some of your travels? Yeah. I've
4: done over 50 events that I've attended oh, in person, and geez. that's not just in Florida. That's from Philadelphia to Wisconsin. We are nationwide. I yeah. cannot say that we've done an event in Hawaii or Alaska yet. Yeah. <laughs> on, that's to come, on the radar, but yeah, the continental it, United States.
0: Well, as soon as you're there, invite us, or as soon as we mm-hmm. set up our podcast studio, we're going to add you to the list. Um, okay, so when you mention events, what does that look like? What? are some of the range of types of events you do?
4: Absolutely. Well, with most nonprofit foundations, the goal is to raise funds. No matter how they come in, whether it be in-kind gifts, whether it be trusts, whether it be family foundations, nonprofits are constantly challenged with raising funds. Otherwise, the door is shut and the good work doesn't get done. So one of the ways nonprofits find that is most successful for them to raise large amounts of funds is through having special events. So with each nonprofit, that looks very different. I'm sure you've seen the local 5Ks that go on. Yep. Those are typically I charitable. watch them from the
0: window. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in my oh, AC. Come
4: on, get out there, get involved. No, but there's you know 5Ks, fashion shows, luncheons, of course, huge galas. That's really where nonprofits are able to capitalize on their donors, their partners, the people who want to support them, and really grow their audience of support as well. So that's where I come in. I help with their special events. I help with the fundraising component because we realize, you know, the nonprofits are doing the good work of saving the dogs and of, you know, sheltering the homeless, but maybe they don't have the fundraising expertise. So when the American Fundraising Foundation comes in to sponsor an event, that's where that's where they help. They help with the fundraising so that the nonprofit is able to keep its doors open and continue to serve the populations they're serving.
0: Um. And on all these nonprofits, I mean, you mentioned uh, fundraising, but uh, other big uh, component is the awareness campaigns, right?
4: Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Right. Storytelling has been such a huge Like issue with nonprofits recently. People haven't understood how to properly tell their stories. Like in business school, you know you're trained for your 30-second commercial, your sell, get yourself out there. But nonprofits don't don't often get that training. So storytelling has been a huge, huge thing that uh, lots of conferences and symposiums are focusing on. And so with the American Fundraising Foundation, we help them to tell their stories as well.
0: And real quick, I know Artie has a question here, but uh, storytelling, that's definitely a, a challenge for a lot of these groups. Can you give an example of a group you work with and help craft their storytelling, or what does that look like? Do they actually Is it kind of workshop hands-on, or is it Absolutely. like their website or videos? or what? Uh.
4: So we actually just went through a rebranding ourselves for our storytelling, so we have a brand new logo we've come out with this year in our 20th anniversary. Yeah, I saw
0: that on your notes. It's the golden uh, It's was the, it the golden, golden bear. Pear. Pear. Yes. <laughs>
4: so we've always had a tree in our logo, because trees stand for firm roots. You know, they reach yeah. out, they're outbranching. But what we found is by adding this golden pear, every golden pear has a story. You never see a golden pear and go, oh, it's just a gold pear. You right. go, why is that pear gold? You know, And there's yeah. a story behind that. So the nonprofits we serve each have their own golden pear stories, okay. whether it's sheltering a woman from a domestic abuse situation or helping an adult learn literacy who's never had that opportunity. Those are their golden pair yeah. stories. So when we come in and help with their fundraising event, whether we're emceeing or helping with an auction, we are there in person. Sharing that story, really being an ambassador for the nonprofit that we're supporting,
0: and two other points here, real quick. One, I thought it would have been the uh, the orange since you're from Florida, but again, right. it's nationwide. <laughs> nationwide, right? yeah. Uh, which we mentioned, we we're both from Florida, but. Um, the idea of the tree, if I can just uh, make a note of this, we were at an event with uh, Tyler Perry, and he spoke very passionately about this, this concept. When he brings, when he works with organizations or companies or individuals, he, not just the onboarding but during the process, he, he's found people fall into these categories, and he used the tree analogy. So he said that either they're the, um, the leaves on the tree – that will just kind of come and go with a blow with the wind. They're seasonal, you know. They're mm-hmm. they're there, but they're not all in, right? And right. that's okay because you need those that support, right? Then you have the people that in your any organization, business or what nonprofit that are the branches on the tree, right? So a little wind blows or a little bit of storm, they're still going to be there, right? But they're not all in, you know. They're not like. And then you go obviously to the roots, exactly. and that's the orga- that's the people that in the bad times, the good times, uh, that you're going to have a downturn, you're going to have some real struggles, and no matter what. Um, they're gonna be there for you, right? They're gonna support you, right?
4: And that has to do with a lot of donors too. When you look at the donor base, that's something nonprofits struggle with all the time. That's a great analogy. You do have those donors that are the trunk of the tree. They've been there since day one. But
0: Uh, uh, no matter what, they're gonna exactly
4: but let's face it, America's aging. Those donors (laughs) are not always going to be there. So they've gotta really focus on getting that next generation of donors involved to support the trunk of that tree.
1: Well, it, it, I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm, a, I'm on man the board of the Auditory Verbal Center, which helps children who are born deaf or hard of hearing uh, learn to hear, mm-hmm. uh, uh, interpret sound, and to speak fluently. How deaf children can, we can talk about later. But my point is that you brought up about brand awareness, if you will. Yes. And I even use the term brand because that's what businesses use. Yes. So uh, it, most... Charities and nonprofits need to learn that they are a business. Exactly. And they're competing for donor dollars yeah. with other businesses that are not necessarily just in their, their wheelhouse.
4: You're you are so right on that. And that's why I think we have an advantage as the American Fundraising Foundation because our founders were network news anchors. They were in the political realm. They were in the medical realm. Oh, wow. They've traveled. I mean, my founder Wade did training for the House of Representatives on media wow. training and things of that nature. So they have that business mind and that business acumen that just helps us share with other nonprofits. So shout it's shout out great. to Wade, yeah. Yes.
1: So <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry, you know, speaking about Donors, uh, we. this was a very important week because the Tuesday after Thanksgiving is known as Giving Tuesday. Yes. And, and if I may, for the audience that those who don't know, it's about, I think it's fifth year and it raises globally about 400, 400 million. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And especially in the age of, you know, all the Black Friday, everything that's yeah. going on in Instagram and social media, I think that Giving Tuesday is just a great way to capitalize on getting new donors ex- and with the brand awareness as well well getting your brand out there getting your name out there in the nonprofit community
0: yeah we uh, actually I've known about the the movement the last few years and we did we've dedicated each uh, giving Tuesday in all of our studios just for a uh, nonprofit we call nonprofits radio NPR just don't tell the other NPR <laughs> <about it. laughs> but um, if I keep saying that enough, the phone's gonna ring yeah but um, anyway uh, point being is that uh, during that uh, that event We've had some nonprofits in, and they feel like they're in their lane and their wheelhouse all year long. But on, on Giving Tuesday, they reach other people that are not aware of it, right? Exactly. Um, so, talk to us about your. Um, actually, before you do that, real quick, uh, a couple more questions. We're going to um, pivot here in just a second. But talk to us about. Uh, well, first of all, how do people find you guys online? What's a website and all that good stuff?
4: Absolutely. So we are a nonprofit. So it's a .dot org. It's amfund. A m f u n d .dot org. You can reach us there. Our phone number is four zero seven. Eight nine five eight thousand. And on our website, there's a very easy tab. You click Recommend a Nonprofit. So as you all are out in the community and you come across a nonprofit that you feel passionately about or that you see doing amazing work, maybe it's groundbreaking, maybe you've never seen it before, recommend them to us. That's how we work. We only work off of referrals, like I said, because we're headquartered in Florida, so we're kind of stuck. But when all of these people in other communities across the nation are nominating nonprofits to us, we are able to better Serve them. So that is my ask of you today. Definitely recommend a nonprofit and we can reach out to them and see if we can support them.
0: So I got one more question. I think Artie has one here as well. So um, you mentioned about the events and helping nonprofits tell their story and so forth. Um, How do people engage? uh, What are the different engagement levels? to get involved with you guys. When a, when the phone rings and a nonprofit says we need help, oh, yes. what are some of the services you can say you offer?
4: Well, it's really, really flexible and dependent upon the nonprofit's needs. We understand no nonprofit operates the same. And for that matter, no fundraising event is mm-hmm. the same. You have different donors, you have different themes. Something that works in Wisconsin might not work <laughs> in Tennessee, but you never know until you try. So we really just have conversations with them To give them some guidance because, like I said, we've been doing this for 20 years, so we've made our own mistakes, and we can stop those nonprofits from making the same mistakes we have. So whether it's just consulting with them on their run of show, on their event logistics, whether it's actually going to their event and speaking on their behalf or hosting an auction for them and giving the proceeds back. I mean, there's just so many different avenues of support. It really depends on what the nonprofit needs.
0: So I have a quick follow-up question here. So um, uh, talk to about your business model. We're on Pro Business Channel, our middle name being Business. So how do you guys fund uh, your efforts? uh,
4: Absolutely, yeah. So we have some amazing founders, like I said, that put forth quite a big initial investment, and we've been able to work with that and keep our costs extremely low being Mm -hmm. a nonprofit. I mean, you know, nonprofit <laughs> salaries tend to not not be as as large as others, yeah. but we are a small but mighty team, so we're able to just keep doing what we do and then if we ever, you know, do an auction for an organization or something like that, we make sure we cover our cost and then are able still to give them the oh, great okay. proceeds they deserve. Okay,
1: I got you. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in in two things. One is the donor retention and development for your organization, but what advice you would give other nonprofits?
4: So, as far as donor retention for our organization, that really comes from our board members. Like I said, we don't try and fundraise for ourselves. We try and fundraise for the other nonprofits. So, really, we work with their donors to help them continue to give to the nonprofit they want to support. So, as far as donor retention and engagement, what we try and do to help those nonprofits is to create those lucrative fundraising events that's not a boring gala. It's not a boring lecture, sit down, have a okay dinner that you paid way too much money for and leave. <laughs> we try and really help them Bring in exciting elements Like travel Everyone wants to travel It's a trending topic So auction off some travel Maybe have a big Keynote speaker come in I mean we just help them Craft these events We help them with marketing And you know Going on for years to come To hopefully Build their event even bigger and better. We, we don't just support a nonprofit one time. I mean, we're in it for the long haul.
0: Ongoing engagement, yeah. Okay, so, Callie, again, uh, thanks for being here in the studio for the American Fundraising Foundation. <laughs> we may have some follow up questions in our next segment, but um, again, they can reach uh, you guys and find out more whether it's a nonprofit, how to get involved. That's uh, amfund.org. Amfund.org. So, Artie, you want to uh, reintroduce uh, Jay? <coughs> I'm in Yes. Studio? First i I'll just
1: sum up the topic, being prepared for having sustainability is a challenge for most companies. And in our studio is Jay Weiser, who enables organizations and their leaders to increase their odds of success. And Jay is going to tell us about that. He is a strategic transformation specialist who has worked with the CEO and VP of Cox Automotive and has uh, several degrees in doing exactly what you do from the Wharton School and Emory Gonzaga Business School, Right here in Atlanta. So Jay, first introduce yourself and just tell us a little back history. I always like to know where people have come from.
3: Sure, sure. So uh, I'm actually, when people say am I a southerner, I say yes, except it's southern New England. I'm (laughs) from Rhode Island originally. A state, smallest state with the longest name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I mean, is, I is never it the longest like that. ever letter? Massachusetts doesn't <laughs> outdo them? Or? But
3: the full name is Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Oh, sure. Okay, you got me on that one. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: That's a good trivia. Yeah. So, Jay, uh, tell us a little bit more how you got involved in what you were doing.
3: Sure, sure. So, solving business problems has always been a passion. Helping people be more successful has been a passion. And I started off my career in banking, and you know everybody can put together these beautiful spreadsheets, but what they can't do, going back to uh, what Callie said, is tell a story. What's the story, the strategy, how the business is going to run, what it's trying to do? And if you don't have a story, you're probably not going to be making the money. Right. So you know, from that, I got into consulting, where I could actually be doing that full time. And working with a variety of organizations across a variety of industries, uh, all at the sea level, variety of functions. And it's like, how do you get those teams to work together? How do you help them be more successful? Not just once, but how do you build their skills so they can keep on doing that on a going forward basis? Uh, and I've done that in banking. I've done that in insurance, uh, restaurants, and uh, <clears throat> in front of the type of healthcare pharmaceuticals. So I've done it across a variety of industries and have seen so many different issues that organizations are facing.
0: Talk to us about some of those throughout all those business different business sectors. What are some common thread problems or challenges those organizations have?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that probably the most common one of the most basic level is how their organizations work. Do they talk to each other? Do they collaborate? Whether it's a cross function, whether it's up and down the organization, that is probably the most common element Communication. across everything
0: okay so so now you've got a company ABC uh, XYZ and they're not communicating uh, between the different departments geography wise or even internally so Jay comes in the superhero how do you fix that
3: so I think first <clears throat> is really listening to the client and it's I do a lot of interviewing so I'll talk to all these different executives And I'm synthesizing and integrating that information so that I can feed it back to them. So they start to hear each other. Because sometimes they're afraid to bring things up in a meeting. They don't want to look silly. They don't want to look dumb. They're afraid. Don't want
0: to offend someone.
3: Exactly. So I'm bringing that together. And then I'm facilitating these discussions so they can collaborate and work together. So they're on the same page. They know where they're going. They know what they want to do. Because if they're not talking and they're not working together, it's just not going to happen.
1: Well, Jay and I are very much in the same uh, space. Uh, I I am a uh, corporate and business developer myself. And I had a a, a meeting with uh, three brothers, uh, 55 to 65. And I started that meeting with very much what what you were doing. And I started saying, hey, what's the end game? And the youngest, 55, said, well, I can't wait to sell. And you (laughs) should have seen the other two brothers right then and there. Right? Now, family businesses in particular are are a challenge, and I'm sure you've come across that as well.
3: Yes. No, I've done uh, one family business. who was fifth generation. Wow. That's unusual. Wow. Because the initial founder had four sons. Each son was set up in a business, semi-related, and now they were trying to bring that together, and that was a challenge. I thought it was the Rothschilds. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. No, this was actually a company out of Chicago. They... Are in the textbook business. They run college bookstores, uh, and that's been an interesting industry too, because yeah. that's one that has changed and has been oh, disrupted. Because who uses books? Everything's online. It's yeah. like I didn't
0: even use textbooks when I was in college. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's part of it, right there. They yeah. held up my table.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: No, I mean um, that's an interesting industry because not just the, I mean it's almost going by the wayside, right? So uh, are they pivoting to digital platforms or? Exactly. Uh, and, you know, with their business
3: around college bookstores. So there's a lot of retail, uh, you know, all the swag, all the, the right. shirts, the jerseys, the hats. Uh, but they're also having to adapt around textbooks because now it's not just textbooks. It's, you know, whether it's a book online, you right. can rent a book from Amazon. Yeah. They've had to change their business model. Uh, they also do a lot of work with K-12 through schools. Okay. So, those are still using textbooks, but they're also augmented by digital by digital uh, by digital assets.
0: Right. But and they're uh, I'm sure they have the, the systems in place. But you know the challenge with going digital is now uh, you know, the inventory. They're not having to. Uh, to you know, they need to be sure they're monetizing and that, that that's not getting dispersed. Whatever, right? So they built in a, uh, I guess a platform to for security access. Whatever, right?
3: Well, exactly. And the thing is, they used to have all these warehouses. Now you don't need warehouses, or or you need fewer of them.
0: That's the flip side. That's the advantage to it, right? Um, So when do you typically come into the mix when a company – at what point does it make sense to uh, call Jay? (laughs)
3: So, so I think there are a couple of things. Uh, now, I kind of think things fall into four areas. One, the company has been disrupted, performance and stagnant. They're realizing that what they've done and got them to where they are isn't going to get them to where they're going. So that's one. Two are companies that you know, might be performing okay, But they know the world is changing, and they're wondering, how do I become more ready, prepared, and able to adapt? How do I become more aware of what's going on in my business? Third, I've worked with companies who are leaders in their industry, and they're like, okay, we need to take our game to the next level if we're going to stay ahead. How do we do it? How do we avoid the pitfalls? And probably the most interesting are high-growth companies, so companies that are led by their founders or entrepreneurial. Now they want to double, triple, quadruple in size, but they don't want to have all the baggage that a big company has. They don't want to have the bureaucracy. They don't want to have too many policies and procedures, but they know they need some structure. I can come in and help them do that and still maintain that agility, still maintain the culture that is really driving the success of the organization.
0: That's a tricky balance to pull that off.
1: I could give you a, a fifth category, and that's a company that doesn't know it needs
0: help. <laughs> right. Well, I, how are they going to know to call Jay mm-hmm. then? Yeah. <laughs>
1: now, from from my world, I, I owned a, a manufacturing facility with 100 employees for, for 20 years. So uh, I know that, that private business sector and, and indeed, family sector, not only from my company, but from similar companies in our associations, and and that I would deal with, and that that's a particular challenge because uh, many individuals, whether they be partnerships, closely held companies, um, they're an engineer, they had a patent, the company grew from two to five and to fifty million, and, and they're counting on organic growth, and they also don't realize that they met their own Peter Principle, you know that that. Yeah, they used an outside accountant, they brought in an accountant, but now they need maybe a certified CPA or maybe outside consulting. So tell us about some stories that you've come across with that that you have to not convince, but make people realize their own Peter Principle or shortcomings. Well,
3: I think sometimes it's really about building awareness. It comes down to asking the right questions. And I think really a core question is how confident are you, given what you're doing today, that you're going to be successful in the future? Have you considered – who your competitors might be. Uh, I did work with a major supermarket chain in the Southeast, uh, known for customer service. And I had a conversation with them and said, about five, six years ago, what do you think about Amazon? And they're like, well, they sell books. What's that going to do What's <laughs> to right yeah. do with groceries? Uh, now they're competing oh, yeah. with Amazon and Instacart and, you know, all these different companies that are getting into online. So it's helping them think about the future and it's building that awareness. It's helping them see things from different perspectives. They have that, oh, aha moment. And they're like, gee, hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. And, From that, we get into a discussion about, okay, so given where you are and where you want to go, what do you need to change? What do you need to be thinking about? And it goes back to that communication and collaboration because it's not going to happen unless they're talking to each other, working together, and in alignment with each
1: other. You know, I'm glad you brought up that alignment factor because most companies are started by a a, a very engaged founder that has this vision, and, and they still have that ability to envision things, right? But what happens is the organization feels like, oh, no, we're doing this, and they don't support the new vision, right? So how do you get the, the core executive staff to get out of their own wheelhouse, if you will, and support that?
3: Well, and, it, and I think part of it is really answering the question why. Uh, you know, what's driving the business? Uh, you know, sometimes people are concerned with change. Is it worried about how it's going to affect them? Where they're going to fit, uh, how's it going to affect existing relationships with customers, and it's again, it's really having those conversations to talk through that because you know it's kind of you have to think about these things intentionally. You have to be mindful uh, of what's going on. At the end of the day, you want to have those debates and you want to have those discussions. But then, when the team comes to agreement, everybody's going to be on board, and if you can't be on board, you might have to make a decision whether or not that's right for you
0: we got a couple minutes left on the clock as i'm seeing here so um, a couple of follow-up questions first of all i've been making a bunch of notes here uh about this conversation and thinking about the application for our business I mean, I'm not going to get an invoice for this. (laughs) 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 This is some great advice if you're listening. And, again, you're listening to the Georgia Podcast here on the Pro Business Channel Networks from our Alfredo studio here today. Uh, Artie Rudeman, as we call Artio, is uh, in the captain's seat here chair today. Rich Casanova alongside uh, with Callie Dunn is in our studio. We've been talking about uh, their efforts in helping nonprofits. And then uh, Jay Weiser is here as well. So, Jay... um, close this out a little bit about, um, and I actually wrote down, you know, a little bit of the obvious, but that why. Sometimes we, we get so much into systems and building. We start with the vision like Artie was mentioning, right? Um, but then we get into the day-to-day you know, operations, all important stuff. But I, th- how often do you need to remind yourself about the why as part one? And then also, what, what's some words of advice or tips you would leave uh, for our listeners?
3: So, so I think, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple of things. Uh, the client's why comes first. And the client needs to know what it is they're trying to do, who they're trying to serve. Now, when it comes to my why, my why is I want to help businesses succeed. I want to help my clients become heroes, and I want to help them be able to sustain success. Uh, Now, you asked about parting words of advice. I think the first thing is listen. You have to listen to your people because – your frontline folks, they have the best ideas. They know what's happening with your customer, yeah. but they're the least listened to.
0: The 100%, second,
3: 100%. second thing for executives is to be curious. Ask questions. Challenge assumptions. Look at things from your customer's viewpoint, from a competitor's viewpoint, from a supplier's viewpoint, mm-hmm. because that's when you start to see things. And when you see differently You can think differently. Man, write this down. That's a good (laughs) word.
0: Man, those are some definitely good words. I like that idea of um, the executives should challenge assumption, right? Because if you don't, uh, I was reading something. um, I forget who who mentioned it the other day, but uh, it's that age old uh, adage about um, if you're not if you're not moving forward, you know, if you're not innovating, you're dying. Right, um, And sometimes you just get in a, in a comfortable zone right? Absolutely. and you start, start coasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a time and place for that, right? But.
3: Now, and one of the things I was going to say with asking questions and challenging assumptions, uh, you might have an assumption going back to that supermarket business that it was all about people coming into the store, that people wouldn't want groceries delivered. They want to talk to their butcher. They want to talk to the banker. They want to meet the people in the store. But what they really want is food. And there there are different ways of delivering that. So there are people who like that relationship. Then there are people, younger folks, who they're busy and they're like, okay, I just need something delivered. I don't want to have to go to the store.
0: And now it's not just the younger generation. It's the busy world that we're in, right, Uh, and however you want to define that. But people like uh, ease and convenience and access uh, to the point where parents are staying at home. They're juggling kids and other freelancing and the gig economy. And they don't really want to. They th- they see there's better opportunities or better a- a- options, right, than just driving everywhere. Uh, and we'd appreciate that if they do that
3: m- yes, a- uh, more
0: uh, in Atlanta <laughs> with our traffic situation. A- absolutely. So absolutely. how would how would folks uh, find you online? Uh, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, find me online. Uh, WiserStrategy dot So that's www wiser w e i s e r like budweiser but without the bud <laughs> strategy.com uh, you can also look me up on linkedin jr weiser uh, there's plenty of posts and articles that i've written and uh I'm trying to think what else follow me on twitter yeah. at uh shift s h i f t the number two succeed uh and that really draws from companies have to shift have to change yeah, to be successful to-
0: Interesting. Um, we were, I was at a meeting up in uh, another studio this morning, and we were talking about um, a chiropractor had this idea for dress for success to succeed or whatever. It's I said, you should just open your line. should be um, stress for success. And he's like, doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But that's the point. It gets people's attention, right? And All of a sudden, they lean in like, what do you mean by stress? That doesn't make any sense. Starts the conversation. Finish on, uh, you mentioned Amazon a couple of times. Um, uh, it's interesting. They didn't call themselves the great American bookstore.com it's just this uh, amb- uh, ambiguous, you know, Amazon, right? Uh, so I just hope they don't get into podcasting anytime soon because <laughs> if they get into your space, you're, you you got to be ready, right? Um, all right, guys. So I don't know if there's any questions amongst y'all, but if not, uh, at least uh, let people know one more time how to get in touch with you or any other closing thoughts from our guest, Kelly?
4: Absolutely. Well, I just want to say I loved being here with Jay because you're all about collaboration and that's what we are about. One of our little hashtags at the American Fundraising Foundation is 501c3s unite. Oh, so, like that, you're right? all about that for other industries as well. So, I'm so happy that we were here together. Again, if you know of a nonprofit that could use extra support or that you are just super fond of and you love supporting them, recommend them to us. A M F U N D dot org, amfund Call us 407 895 8000. We are happy to support nonprofits.
0: I recognize that area code Orlando 407. Oh, home yeah. With Disney. So, <laughs> so where are some other cities uh, you got on your short list coming up here soon?
4: Oh, my gosh. Well, the fundraising season for fall is kind of winding yeah, down yeah, yeah. because, the yeah, the holidays are not typically a good time to do fundraising events. There's right. so many other things going on. Right. Um, but so
0: for 2020, what's uh, uh, oh. Exciting on your geography list there. Yeah. Oh,
4: goodness. We're going to California, Nashville. I go to Nashville quite often. Okay. Louisville. L-
0: and you said it correct. Yeah. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I try. It took it took a couple trips there to get it right. correct. It definitely got scolded at a time or two. But <laughs> exactly. No, all over. I mean, we're just trying to get as much done as possible. I know we'll be back here for Piedmont Health System. What is that?
0: Because I was going to mention when you're back in, in Hotlanta. Uh, hit us up. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I'll definitely have to check the date in the office. I know. Oh. We do Georgia Mountain Hospice. Uh, we do the hospice in Savannah, which isn't quite oh. close to Atlanta. But still, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be back in the state quite a few times for 2020.
0: Awesome. I we'll look forward to that. Don't forget Hawaii.
4: Yeah, uh, that's my goal. <laughs> I'm not trying. Not goal, yeah. Someone re- refer should... a nonprofit to me that's in Hawaii. <laughs>
0: you got to do Christmas in Hawaii. That would be the ticket. Whatever, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jay, one more time.
4: Yeah.
3: So it's uh, wiserstrategy.com. Uh, W-E-I-S-E-R, strategy.com. And, you know, I think what's interesting is I've enjoyed, you know, working with Artie, with Rick. And, you know, Kelly, when you brought up storytelling, you know, that really, re- that really resonates. And one of the things with storytelling is a company has to decide, do they want the story written for them or do they want to write it themselves? And that's where I come in to help because I can change the ending of their story.
0: That's that's an awesome point because what most companies may or may not realize is actually today, in today's world, their story is being told by their customers, right? And not just online, but that experience. And you mentioned something um, about um, I thought this was an interesting spin because we talk about why, I mean, um, why your organization, but uh, you said uh, ask your customers their why. That really never kind of dawned on me. We, when we talk about a new podcast, we say, "What do you want to accomplish with your podcast?" If you're going to launch a podcast, but kind of, you know, and we do work into the conversation. But now I'm going to be more intentional. About so, Cal, you want to start a podcast? Why do you want to start this? In other words, how can we help that, that your cause or further? You know uh, why?
3: Well, and the thing is, it comes down: how is a client going to be successful? Yeah, it's when they make their customers successful. So if I can help them help their customers, then everybody wins.
0: Yeah, I was reading a book. Uh, it's called "The um, uh, Success Is Not an Accident." And what, another takeaway from that uh, this week was saying that when he's, he's a speaker, he travels as a speaker, and he'll talk to the client in advance. Okay, so um, what do you want your audience to walk away with this, right? And then he follows up another question is, um, uh, what, what's the best outcome, right, of this experience and engagement? And a lot of times they're confused as the client. They, don't, they just hired them, and, you know, but they don't really know what, the, what their objective, and, and now we're out of time, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rory, do you want to sign us off here? Yeah, before I keep talking, yeah. <laughs> yeah No, all well and good So thank you very
1: much Jay Weisner of Weissner Strat- Strat- Strategy Group And uh, Kelly Dunn from the American Fundraising Foundation
2: On behalf of the Pro Business Channel We thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast Featuring the Who's Who and What's New in Georgia Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com and by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at SerendipityLabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.